Hi, this is Corey Liebram with Texas Baptist, and you're listening to the Live on Mission podcast. We are back. And when I say we're back, I mean back. Like we took the summer off, just did nothing for, for obvious reasons from our podcast. We were, we were finally back to a normal summer in 2022 and having students all over the place, doing our dwell camp. Uh, it, was a, it was a busy summer. So we took the summer off from Live On Mission podcast, but we're back. This is Shu with Brad, with Kai, the mayor of Igoja, and we are here to talk uh, about some core values, but in a, maybe a different way. We're going to do a four-part series. That's the plan, right? Four parts. If you say so. Yeah, let's just let's just see how it turns out. But the idea is to talk about core values in real life. So if you're an Igozian or you've been around Igo and you know our training, you know about the core values, you know how they're really biblical doctrines that inform a life on mission. But one of the things we've been thinking about even this summer is just how core values show up in all of life, not just those moments when we're really, really clued into the mission, but they're like, they, they just kind of permeate, if you really get them, they permeate how you view the world, how you respond to it, how you, how you make decisions, how you parent, all those different kinds of things. So we're going to walk through that, starting with the first one, obviously, the bottom line, the one that I think more life by getting the bottom line, maybe the first or second time they heard it. Um, and starting with that one, Kai, why don't you give us like a quick, here's what the bottom line teaching is, here's how we teach it, the, just the synopsis, the elevator talk version of that, and then we'll talk about what that looks like in real life. Sure. All of these core values have kind of a shorthand title that we use, and this one is called the bottom line, which is a term that actually is not original to IGO. It comes from a really old book that I think very few people have read, unfortunately, by Bob Srojan and... How did you say his last name? Srojan? Sh- Sh- is that, is that Sh- right? I don't know. It's I mean, like it's, S-J-O-R-E-N. Yeah, he's got so many weird consonants in there. I don't know how he got successful. Yeah, an, yeah. S after, an S and then a J. It's is probably, it's probably um, Swedish. It's probably a Swedish think so? name. Yeah. Srojan? Sogren? Mm-hmm. You keep wanting to add a vowel between the S and the J because you can't, you can't mesh them. Brad, how do you say it? There aren't any vowels in the name. Yeah. Who... They don't need vowels in Sweden. Mm-mm. Nope. Overrated. Never have. Nope. <laughs> Never have. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, old Bobby, he, uh, he defines the bottom line as God's ultimate desire for his name to be known among all nations. So kind of uses it as an accounting term where you've got your top line, which he says is God wants to bless people. God wants to take care of his people. He's called the people, chosen the people for himself. He wants to bless them, um, take care of them. And then the bottom line is that the reason he's doing all that is to make much of his good name. And so the concept is probably best illustrated in the verse Psalm 46.10, which we often use as kind of a almost a proof that very few of us really get how much the scriptures talk about the bottom line, God's heart for his own name mm-hmm. and glory. So if you ask it, most people to quote Psalm 46.10, what you'll hear is, be still and know that I am God. Mm. Mm. And mm. then they'll stop right there. 
The second half of the verse says, I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in all the earth. And so when we teach it, we use that as kind of an example of how what so many of us have done, um, just the way we've been brought up, the teachings we've heard, is we've placed a lot of emphasis on God wants to take care of us, God wants to bless us, God is for us, and largely ignored this other concept we see all through Scripture, which is that at the end of the day, God's ultimate aim is for His own glory um, and His own name being made known to the ends of the earth, that His um, His name would cover the earth like the waters cover the seas. So we bottom teach line. that's the bottom line of God's heart. I think it's safe to say that we took what he put in that book, Mr. Sajogorjian, and we perfected it, don't you think? Like, we've taken it to another level. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. I mean, beginning with the fact that when someone talks about where they learn this, they can pronounce our names. Right. Well, for the so, most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not that they don't butcher all of our names in some ways. I mean, his Brad's Instagram is Caldwell. Really Caldwell, not Cardwell, not Caldwell, because a name like that, and you can still mess it up. But yeah. Anyway, uh, you can see how that's foundational to this whole idea of missions, right? If, if the bottom line is God being exalted in all the nations and all the earth, and if you get the bottom line, then you will understand that you are on mission, that that is your goal, that's your life. It leads to a life on mission. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about how does this affect your daily life uh, away from a mission trip or how does this infect your life? I think getting it is key. And, you know, we've trained thousands and we've heard from hundreds <laughs> and we hear different uh, times when they got it, when they really, be, it really sank in that God is on a mission. And they, it rarely was the first time they heard it. And so this is something that we have to keep in front of us, that God is on a mission almost daily. We have to remind ourselves that God is on a mission, and He is on a mission for His namesake. That is what changes the trajectory of our life. That changes all the little missions that we're on, whether that little mission is to be good at a hobby, that mission is to get a job, that mission is to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend. or All those little missions are changed when we get the bottom line. Because it's... What we're teaching is what's ultimate. Right. Here's what Scripture says is ultimate. And what is ultimate for God should be ultimate for us. And what's ultimate for God is to be exalted in all the nations, to be for His glory, the knowledge of His glory, to be covering the earth like water covers the sea. Mm-hmm. And so that, that is, it's hard to get because it's so counter nature, right? It's, our nature is to make everything about us and make ourselves ultimate. And so you, even even when you're doing a mission trip, you can be doing it for like your satisfaction or the way mm-hmm. it's going to make you feel. And you know, it's not it's not horrible to to get something out of a mission trip to to have a feeling or a, but it's just so easy to make ourselves ultimate in everything that we do. And the bottom line comes right into your face and says, "You're not ultimate. Mm. God is. His plan, His purpose is ultimate." And so it does take a while to get because it's not. It's not what you want to hear, in some, at least in the mm. first part of it. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> right. I'm serving him, so this is obviously going to be something really good for me. And it is, but that's not ultimate. Well, if you look at it from a cultural standpoint, as far as what 
what message our culture is saying to us and screaming at us. It's the same message that our flesh screamed at us, which is it is all about you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, the, the wisdom of the world in their advice in any given situation is, well, you need to do what's best for you. Yep. And that becomes the, that's their bottom line, right? right. At the end of the day, that is the thing that mm-hmm. matters most, right? Whereas the wisdom of Scripture and of God says, no, everything is actually about Him. And that, I mean, it does affect everything. If you look at how those two different voices would advise you in a difficult marriage. Mm. I'm just throwing an example out. I'm really unhappy in my marriage. Mm. I, quote unquote, don't love this person anymore. This is not a confession time. Falling out of Lord. Wow. Didn't know that guy. Falling falling out of love with my spouse, right? Like, yeah, things aren't good, whatever. Um, The wisdom of the world might say, well, you need to do what's best for you. It makes you most happy. Yes, and feeds this mentality of the flesh, which says at the end of the day, that's what matters most. Whereas what the bottom line teaches is, no, no, no. At the end of the day, God's glory matters most, right? And and Scripture tells me that when I seek that, when I seek first His kingdom, all these other things will be given to me, right? That as I pursue the bottom line, it will, in a counterintuitive sense, be the best thing for me, right? That goes back to the message John Piper would always harp on so much that God is most glorified in us, we're most satisfied in Him, that the more we embrace the bottom line, the more we'll find a life of fulfillment that's actually a better life for us because we're fulfilling the purpose for which we were created. And, I mean, to me, it's a it's a very philosophical matter. I don't want to get head too far up in the clouds here, but, like, it, it's really answering the question, like, what is the purpose of life, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so... I love how the Westminster Shorter Catechism opens with that. We've been doing that with our kids, right? What is the chief purpose for which man is made? Mm-hmm. Chief purpose which man is made is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Like, that is the reason we were created. And so things go better for us if we deny what our flesh in the world is telling us and pursue His kingdom and His glory above all things. Yeah, and that, that truth pushes us away from being self-centered and that self-centered mindset which is pervasive and that truth is what will push us away from that yeah and i don't think our audience is surprised that the three of us would go philosophical i mean i think they expect that of of, of us like we're going to go deep in the philosophy but but what you're really doing is you're answering the question that everybody has. Mm-hmm. Everybody's asking the question. Why am I here? What in the world am I supposed to be doing with my life? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And the bottom line doesn't just answer that question, but it points you to the greatest and biggest purpose that you could ever align your life to. And that's mm-hmm. why it's not just, hey, here's, here's a purpose. Mm. Here's, here's something you can live for. It's, here's the best possible thing you could give your life for. And that's, I mean, that's just huge. You know, it's that, it's that ultimate thing that we're talking about. And it's, um, it, 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 it does, it leads to life on mission, but it affects every single area of your life. Like you're talking about this, the idea of what you were saying in your example. And by the way, we're praying for your marriage. We'll be praying. <laughs> Appreciate but, that. Um, but to, the idea of the bottom line is saying your marriage, even your marriage is not about you. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we're, who's teaching that? Who's who's really telling people that hey, your marriage is not about you? It's not. It's not even about your happiness. I know, there's some. There's a book called Sacred Marriage, and I can't remember the guy who wrote it, but I bet he has vows in his name. But like he said that. What if your marriage is not about your happiness, but it's about your holiness? It's about God's glory. And man, when you get the bottom line, it will feed into every single area like that. So, this is so difficult for students because they are overwhelmed with. Um, trying to preserve themselves at high school, mm-hmm. preserve their agenda, preserve their happiness. You know, Reputation. It's hard. It's not easy. And so they can easily get sidetracked. So simple um, of a truth, but it's so hard to apply because they're so overwhelmed with so much. And so that's what I've observed, and I, I get it. I get it that it's hard to go into your high school thinking like this when no one else is. Yeah. Maybe it feels like that, and it's not even—it's not even like they're trying to hold on, and they're trying to. I mean, obviously, students are just like all of us, and they're trying to be self-centered. We we have a tendency to that, but there's also an external pressure on them to do that. Yes, exactly. You got to decide what you're going to do in high school. You got to have your path. You got to have your plan. The American dream. You got to don't get it wrong. Yeah, and there's so much pressure on them that it pushes them away from living for something beyond themselves, bigger than themselves, this, this purpose that God has for them. And that, that's, the, that's the bottom line. If you, take, if you take the missions aspect out of it, which is kind of impossible, but really the, the bottom line teaches you this fundamental thing that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about you. I think that was the first line of that purpose-driven life book that sold so many copies like it was it was so popular and the first line of the book was it's not about you life everything you've been told you've been you've you've caught, you probably believe it's all about you but it's not it's about something bigger it's about God and his glory and so that truth like Brad was talking about pushes you away from self-centered focus and and all those things and then it becomes i don't know this guide for mm-hmm. life this at least a filter yeah for every decision that you could make right yeah i would say it's it's a you know you have those things you catch yourself thinking you're like whoa i know that's not going to a good place right like little yellow flags that come up in your mind right and so i know for me whenever i am up against a decision whether it's a, a small one or a big one and I begin to hear the words I in my head a lot. Well, what I really want to do or what I think is like, wait, hang on. God has called me to a life of setting myself aside for the sake of serving others, right? For the sake of serving my family, my church, my friends, whoever that is, of not not pursuing my own self-interest but setting that aside, Um for the sake of others, because he's glorified in that, because Jesus is the example of that, of ultimately setting himself aside to meet the needs of others, and by doing so, bringing glory to his Father. And so, yeah, for me, it's just, uh, like I said, when I, when I hear that, those thoughts creep into my head when I'm up against a decision, and I start thinking about what I want a lot. It's like, well, that's, you know, I'm off there. I need yeah. to I need to go check that right that's not the best filter right as much as it's the natural filter it's not the best one and yeah that's that's where we we all get into that trouble all the time and the bottom line gives us this idea of like wait 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 because you said it while ago this answers the biggest question what is my purpose why am i here and then when you figure that out 
there's a bunch of questions that come under it, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, where am I supposed to do that? Like, where should I go to college or where should Mm -hmm. I live or who should I marry or, you know, date or whatever? Like, there's all the questions under that. Okay, I know the big purpose in my life. Well, how does the bottom line then give you a filter for all the other questions Mm -hmm. that come as a result of that? How do you guys see that? I see it in two ways. I mean, one, sometimes it answers the question. So, okay, so if I'm if I'm looking at two career paths, and one of them is, let's say, a pastor. This is a ridiculous example. Mm-hmm. And the other is like a, um, like a uh, running an underground gambling circuit, right? Clearly illegal. Clearly legal. One honors the Lord, one doesn't. So that's a, that's a hyperbole, right? But there is a sense in which sometimes it helps us make the decision, right? Sure. It helps us go, hey, which of these two things helps me glorify God? If I go this path, is that a path that's going to open doors for me to honor God, bring Him glory, serve Him, or is it not? Um, sometimes it gives. Sometimes it eliminates the pressure because all of a sudden there's lots of right answers, right? Yeah. Like to go down the same path, I don't know, say I've, I've considered being a doctor, but I've also considered being an engineer. And sometimes what we teach in church, right, is like, well, you need to go pray about that and really ask God to tell you which path you're on. One of the things the bottom line does is it frees you up from that pressure of feeling like you're going to screw that up. Yep. When you could look at either of those career paths and go, if I make that choice, does that open doors for me to honor the Lord, glorify Him, serve Him, proclaim the gospel, make Him known as I pursue that career? And if the answer is yes to both, then we have the freedom to do what we want, but we can move forward in either of those decisions with confidence, knowing that we're still fulfilling the purpose God has given us. Mm-hmm. Without getting entangled with those little maybe more insignificant questions that we're asking ourselves about when and where hmm. exactly. And um, yeah, you answer that question and then you don't get entangled with a bunch of other questions. Yeah. Cause what we do, our tendency is to focus on the most insignificant question and make those the most significant. Like this has got, I've got to figure this out or I'll be, I'll what be school I'm going to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I got to teach that at dwell this summer at the breakout on how to know God's will for your life. And that was what I said. Like, if you will focus on what God is ultimately all about, He gives you a lot of freedom. Go do what you want. Yep. And then get Kevin DeYoung's book, Just Do Something, and read it. Just read that and go do something. Do yep. what you want to do as long as you know that your ultimate purpose behind whatever you do is to bring glory to God, to be on mission, to make much of Him. I mean, yeah, don't don't go be part of Kai's underground gambling <laughs> ring, but like... Don't do something illegal or immoral or whatever, but go go do something that's productive for God's glory. So, yeah. And then, you know, the we've already hinted at this all the way through, but what you're going to find is the, is the message we preach over and over and over again, that God's way is better than mm-hmm. everything else that's out there for you and all the other places that are luring you away. Like God's plan and His path and living for this ultimate God's glory will always be better. It will, it's where you find true purpose, true meaning, true satisfaction, true contentment, joy. All the things you're really looking for can only be found in there. It's not just it's one of the one of the good options. Right. It's it's only found in right. that. And I, when you say that, I mean maybe it's because we're about to jump into Genesis at church. So I've been thinking about Genesis one a lot. 
but I can't help but relate it to the original sin of Adam, right? And so think about Adam and Eve, what the lie they basically believed is that God doesn't really have your best interest in mind, right? He's withholding from you. Right. There's you can find a better, more satisfying path if you'll stop listening to his rules and what he said. And so, but there's times in all of our lives where pursuing the selfish decision, as you know, putting ourselves first and not putting God's glory first, seems like that's going to be way better for us in that moment at that time, right? That seems mm-hmm. like the, the better path. But I think the bottom line reminds us that just like with Adam, like there's going to be times when what God has asked us to do and, and setting ourselves aside, there's going to be times when that that doesn't look like the best path, and it's hard to trust that path. It's hard to trust God in walking that path. Like, oh, I'm just supposed to be a doormat here. I'm supposed to just not worry about my own desires and what I want. That can be hard to swallow. Um, but it is that teaching that, like, because that's the purpose you're created for, if you'll, if you'll do it and you'll trust it, it will always work out better for you in the end. Mm-hmm. Which requires faith because you won't see it most of the time on this side. You have to step in that direction and trust Him and live for that. And then you go, oh, wait, this was better than anything else I could ever have done. Hmm. But, yeah, God confirms that. He, he, he does a great job of confirming that. But usually He calls us into that faith step before, which is big. So... You know, I don't know who's listening to this. Obviously, like students, I hope that this was really helpful to you. But if you're a youth pastor, I I feel like that's a part of our job is to remind students of this truth all the time, Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. I mean, yeah, put the gospel in front of them every week, but also put in front of them that's not about you because they're always being told something else. Mm -hmm. Sometimes by by really well-intentioned people in their life that are making it all about them, and they need that reminder. Um, every week, every time you have a chance to sit down with them and you help them figure out why they're going through what they're going through and you point them back to the truth that, hey, wait, this is about God and what Mm -hmm. he's doing in his glory. So anyway, man, so far, I'm, I'm liking this. So far. I mean, we're only one in. Let's keep it going. We've got some other parts to come, but this is uh, core values in real life. Just, just, just three philosophers sitting around talking about life and core values and how it all comes together. I think that's pretty much how you would describe it. We're this, nothing really. special. No, nah, nothing special. A couple, couple guys. I wish we were in our truck right now. Down by the lake. Down by the lake. But <laughs> yeah, uh, this, was, this was good. Let's keep it going. Thanks for listening. Share it with somebody. Tell people about it, especially your Igosian friends that know these core values show up in your life. Hey, comment on a post or send us a message and tell us how does this bottom line impact your life we would love to hear those stories and be able to share them so thanks for listening